to HR After Hours. Well, all right. Welcome to HR After Hours <laughs> podcast, the only HR podcast that cares enough to check in on your Nana. Hannah Hampton, tell me what's got you going today. Oh, my goodness. Uh, well, it's been a while since we've connected. I've been busy with the holidays and personal things going on. So it's great to be back here with you. It's very nice to be back here with you. I, I, I'll be honest with you. I had a procedure done to suck out all the bad memories of 2020. So <laughs> Did I, it I, work? Yeah, but I don't know anything that happened last year. I I can't recall anything. So apparently it was a pretty tragic year, but I'm not going to lie to you. 2021, not off to the best start, but we're going to stay positive and make it a better year. I mean, you know, maybe it was too too high of an expectation to expect that 2021 would be immediately better. So, you know, we've got the vaccine rolling out. We've got a change in the administration, whether you like that or not. I'm not going to get into too much politics now, but maybe in June when we're talking it is a better year. Let's hope. Let's hope. And you know what? We we do have a no politics rule here at HR After Hours. <laughs> but with that being said, let's toe the line. Let's play it a little less safe. And yeah. with our first uh, episode of 2021, let's talk about how politics has kind of worked its way into the workplace very recently. Yeah. Tell me what you got for me, Hannah. Well, I mean, I feel everybody is aware of what happened recently, and obviously depends on when you're listening to this. And, you know, if you're listening in 2022, this was a while ago, but if you're listening in the early part of 2021, we know that um, there were people who stormed the Capitol. And it was actually, to me, I thought a scary, dark day in the United States. You know, with that happening, there's ramifications. The news showed that a number of people lost their jobs due to being a part of the group of people who stormed the Capitol. This is not a topic that just we are discussing. Certainly there's blogs, there's articles, and I'm sure other podcasts that we'll be talking about the same thing or have talked about the same thing, but I would feel like it's important that we discuss because I think people wonder, well, why why the heck would somebody lose their job for taking part of um, a protest? And I'd like to talk a little bit about, about that. So that's what we're going to discuss today. <laughs> you know, it's funny. We have not spoken live and obviously have not recorded for about a month. Uh, when you initially brought this topic up, at first I was kind of like, ah, I don't think I want to do that. And mm-hmm. it was just because of our, our zero politics policy. But I also didn't know what there was to discuss because I didn't want it to also go into just protesting as a whole and your First Amendment rights. But, I mean, this is an HR topic. This is mm-hmm. absolutely something where we went through a couple articles that showed these people lost their jobs because yeah. of demonstrating. And I shouldn't say because of demonstrating, because that's not why they lost their jobs. They, they lost did not their jobs lose their job. Yes, they did not lose of, it because they partook in a protest or a demonstration it goes it goes deeper than that they lost their jobs because they were involved in illegal activity that's where i think this can go from being an hour and 15 minutes of you and i debating back and forth to a pretty 
concise conversation is if we take the fact out of the right to march and being afraid to protest peace, because that's a debate for a different podcast and different people. At the end of the day, our topic is if you were involved in these activities where there was violence, where there was death, where there was destruction of property, should you be at risk as far as losing your your employment and not just your employment, but your livelihood in a in a, a scary time? I don't know that we disagree this much, but but if I take it down to that finite of a position, mm-hmm. tell me your thoughts. Sure. Well, I mean, I think obviously in any HR situation. Um, everything has to be taken on a case-by-case basis. You have to understand the facts. They can't say like, hey, I think every single person who was in Washington, D.C. that day should be terminated. And that's not what I'm saying. Certainly, if you're going to terminate employees due to something similar to this, you, you want to talk to your employment attorney. And, you know, I, I definitely want to make sure that you're doing things. However, the National Labor Relations Act protects people's individual rights uh, when it comes to political activity when they're not at work. So, you know, a lot of people might say, hey, you know, this is something, you know, people protesting that's that's within their rights. But one of the things, the pieces of it is the fact that it has to be non-disruptive. And um, I will, I'm going to point to a great blog. I know I've talked about it before, but it's the Ohio Employer Law blog um, by John Hyman. He's I'm a big fan of his. He breaks it down really easily about it being non-disruptive. And the reason that a lot of like that people were able to lose their job is because of how violent and disruptive and dis, you know just destructive the event became when they stormed the Capitol. They broke windows and doors to break in. They they you know looted offices and 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 trashed offices like that behavior is is not considered non-disruptive so those are the pieces that um you know you would want to take into consideration when it turns into breaking the law one of the examples was this individual who was seen wearing their work badge at (laughs) at the storming of the capitol which it showed okay who this person was where they worked it was Navistar Direct Marketing, and basically they posted on, on social media saying that they were made aware of this individual wearing a company badge, and after they reviewed the photographic evidence, this employee was terminated for cause. And they said, while we support all employees' rights to a peaceful, lawful exercise of free speech, any employee demonstrating dangerous conduct that endangers the health and safety of others will no longer have an employment opportunity with Navistar Direct Marketing. So, you know, we can point back to the situation that, yeah, it did endanger the health and safety of others as there were there were people who who passed away. There was people who died due to the events of the day. They're likely a um, at will employer, too. So unless uh, the person had some contract and certainly, again, that's why I get your employer or your employment attorney involved, um, you, you know, they had that right to terminate the employee. Yeah, I absolutely agree. And uh, going into this article, I didn't know that I was going to agree with you, but I I wholeheartedly do, Um, especially from the standpoint that Navistar is taking. And then there's even another case with uh, Libby Andrews, who was a real estate agent from Chicago. She was fired by Ad Properties and removed Mm -hmm. from their website, even though she had not, quote unquote, 
done anything wrong and had not entered the Capitol. According to her, she said, you know, I'm a I'm a 56 year old woman, petite. I was not there causing trouble. I was there to support my my president. She said she climbed onto the steps of the building without encountering security, posted selfies on the scene, for, you know, put them on Instagram, sang the national anthem and then moved on. Online critics were quick to post negative reviews of her real estate work on the rating site. Normally, we're all about what's best for our associates, our team mm-hmm. members, and finding that balance between protecting the brand and protecting our people. 100%, a real estate agent, part of their self-promotion, part of their mm-hmm. brand is their social media content. Right. We still make the see the old pictures on a uh, bus stop bench type of advertising and marketing, mm-hmm. especially thanks to, you know, Phil Dunphy. That, <laughs> but knowing that in real estate, that they still lead with their, the real estate agent's presence, their face, their reputation, their reputation is part of that built brand to celebrate. And she even used the word storm the Capitol, regardless of your politics. If you are the owner of that company, of that real estate at uh, company at properties, and you feel that she is blemishing the brand that she represents, I think by all means, you do have a right to do that. But 100% in agreement with you that these are the type of matters that you need to definitely consult company counsel, further protecting the brand by taking that action, not putting yourself at risk. Sure. Well, I think also probably think about Chicago is a very liberal city. I mean, they have to think about their their reputation and people are not afraid to say to boycott businesses where, you know, they uh, disagree with how they handle things, but certainly if they felt that her actions harmed the reputation of the company, um, well then they, you know, as an at-will state, Illinois is, they would be able to sever ties, you know, with or without cause. I, you know, it's one of those things like this is, it, it, this is a very interesting situation when it comes to employment law. Now, I mean, we could go into the politics of it all and, and what the day actually meant, and that's a t- totally different s- subject. But when it comes to employment law, it's really interesting. And yeah, how do you handle this? And I want to also point out, you saw the, I saw the pictures, I saw the video, and we're still in the middle of a pandemic, and the pandemic is raging. You see people inside the Capitol, you see people outside the Capitol not wearing masks, not social distancing, not doing everything they can to protect themselves from a contagious disease that's a virus that's spreading rapidly and has been for the past almost year, for more than a year. I would also, uh, if I found out an employee was there, I would ask them to quarantine if they're, you know, still reporting into the, the office, the work location, because being in closed spaces with others without social distancing, I even saw a video of people in hotels in the lobbies, having drinks together, not socially distancing. So I feel like they also put themselves, their health at risk by doing this. And I would have them quarantine until they were 
Well, welcome back at work and follow obviously all the protocols with regards to that. Absolutely. From an employment standpoint, and if you're someone that does go into an office and you attended these yeah. events, it's like walking into ground zero. I mean, you're, you might as well go make out with an Ebola monkey as far as I'm concerned <laughs> if you were in that group. So at the very least, if we're not going to terminate you, we don't want to be around you for a minimum of 14 days with seeing the types of people that were at that event that were involved in the looting and the violence and the shenanigans. I mean, I would think that if there's a chance of that new strand of COVID being present in the United States, it would probably be with that group of people. You can at least consider terminating from our standpoint. But again, we say, you know, I don't think we can ever say it enough. Always, you know, partner with your legal team. Yeah. A year ago, if you had brought this up, Hannah, I think I would have fought, uh, fought you a little bit about, <laughs> you know, being able to go after some of your associates for being involved in this. Bad for the brand is what we'll go with, mm -hmm. but it shows a complete disregard for safety and health due to COVID. Yeah. I don't think that many people that were involved in those those acts are the type of people that aren't didn't go into the office and talk about it or aren't going to go into the office and talk about it this week mm -hmm. and probably disrupt business a little bit. And that's a perfect segue for our next topic. People do get distracted at work and they yeah. people, the old water cooler conversations, you, that's the old 50s approach. You're <laughs> just going to get a, uh, a drink of water. You get up from your work to get a drink of water. And, oh, there's two other people there. And you start chatting about what was on NBC the night before. And, mm -hmm. yes, I grew up in a very June Cleaver uh, household. What's the what I'm what I'm getting to is the fact that there's always been distractions and inter social sure. interactions throughout your workday. And I think that's part of what keeps us staying at work. And we're going to round back to that at the end of this article. I think we found a company that's kind of taken their concern a little too far. And well, I'd say I'd be staying away from that water cooler if this were happening to me, but um, <laughs> you'll understand what that means in a minute. <laughs> uh, let's talk about this company finds its employees for going to the bathroom considers them, quote unquote, lazy. <laughs> and this Chinese company came to the conclusion workers were being lazy. They were taking too many bathroom breaks. And their solution is if you take more than one restroom break a work day, they're going to fine you. You're lazy. You're trying not to work. Terrible. How dare you have to pee more than once? Hannah Hampton, what the hell's going on in China? What are your thoughts on this? Well, first of all, it's that's just terrible. Um, can you know, I just say, did you like how I asked you that? Like we're on Fox News. Hannah Hampton, this is bonkers. They're finding people. Tell me what the fuck. Yeah, you know, it's well, it's crazy because they talk about employees who were abusing it or smoking in the bathroom, whatever, loafing around. Now, but saying you can only visit the bathroom one time a day, to me, I think, you know, granted, this is not in the U.S., so I think that we're, you know, I don't I don't know employment laws or rules in China, but restricting access to the bathroom, to me, that, that's a violation of human rights. And, you know, you don't understand some people. There's health issues where people, you have to use the restroom more than others. There's so many things that I just, my, the red flags that, you know, the HR spidey sense, as I call it, going crazy. And, you know, they were saying that bathroom, that employees use the bathroom too long and use it frequently and it harmed productivity. And, and first of all, I want to say, 
productivity gets harmed if you don't allow people to take breaks and uh, the opportunity to recharge. And that's a whole other subject. But the fact that they're not, they're restricting people's access or, or rights to use the restroom is just mind boggling to me because, you know, here's the, somebody, somebody posted, what time is it? The freedom to go to the bathroom has become a luxury. And I totally agree with it. Using the restroom is not a luxury. It's a it's a basic human right. It's it's decency. I mean, come on. To me, I'm blown away that I I I used to joke around, you know, about like working a lot of hours and basically saying, you know, that I, I'm getting paid ten cents an hour without bathroom breaks, which is terrible. Um, I might even have you remove that from this podcast. But anyways, uh, it's to me, it's just it's that's it's disgusting and horrible, and it's not it's treating people worse than you would treat like the worst creature out there. I don't even know. Like I wouldn't even want to treat animals the same way. I think that that's terrible. People have the right to use the restroom. I'm somebody who drinks a lot of water throughout the day. So I make frequent stops to the restroom. And I think we've all been in situations where our stomachs aren't doing the right thing and you got to go to the bathroom a couple of times. So Taking that away from somebody to me is the most, is vile and disgusting. (laughs) Everything about it is wrong. This simple. Like you mentioned, you drink a lot of water, especially because you're, you're doing healthy things. And I am a, a guy in his forties who pees a lot. And yes, (laughs) I do have beverages almost always in front of me. You and I have had to pause our call, you know, our calls to prep for the podcast or even the recording of the podcast. while I run to the restroom or I'm like, I need one more cup of coffee before we get going, whatever it is, I wouldn't make it past 10 AM with this company. (laughs) I mean, that's it. I typically use the restroom as part of my, you know, getting myself going and then I am definitely in the restroom a second time uh, after the 9 a.m. board meeting. So 10 a.m., I'm heading back to my office out of the boardroom, and I'm making a pit stop. Now, they now, did say that they have this younger generation, what they're calling the younger generation. This is the South China Morning Post excl- explains that it is common for Chinese employees, especially younger ones, to take as an excuse visits to the bathroom to smoke, entertain themselves with a cell phone, or do anything that distracts them from their workday. You could Mm -hmm. say that this happens here and in China, but it is not common or acceptable to to penalize it. I would say, look in the mirror, and what kind of a company are you running where people have to escape that frequently? And, you know, I know that not every job is fulfilling to every employee. I'm like, I'm not unrealistic. However... What is going on that causes them to want to take advantage of this so much? There's a different way to fix the problem than limiting trips to the bathroom because I feel like you're harming other employees and you're harming probably great employees. And I think about there's medical reasons why people would have to use the restroom. What if you have a pregnant employee? I mean, that's, you know, they need to use the restroom. Um, I feel like you're harming more people than doing good. And maybe you need to rethink other policies or other procedures or other things other than taking away what is, I feel like, a basic human right. And that's really what it comes to. That's where I think it's a topic. Because, yes, there are cultural differences in China than the U.S. as far as the work ethic. I mean, we are a country that puts in more hours than most, 
But in China, in Japan, it's all about productivity as part of the work culture. And it was funny to read this article and even see someone respond with saying, I sympathize with this company. They are forced to do this. Uh, some employees use the bathroom too long and use it frequently. Without a doubt, it will harm the productivity of the company. So, you know, yeah, I get it. There are some cultural differences, but I do believe it comes down to what you just said, basic human rights. There are things they can do to, you know, make your bathroom smoke free. Bam. Mm -hmm. There you go. You know, you put a smoke detector in there. You put a smoke detector in your bathroom. If you decide that your restrooms, you want to make them phone free, you can even put them in areas of the building that they go through a, a metal detector and no phones allowed past this point. If you really want to get that like that, and I'm talking about China, we couldn't do that here. Uh, well, mm-hmm. maybe at Amazon.com. Anyone that, like you mentioned, all these examples of people that are obviously going to have to use it more than once, and then they're going to have to go and get approval to, you know, because I'm pregnant, because I have this this issue. How much time does that take to have to sit there and present that and have those meetings? So I, I think it this is something that is ridiculously well, comical, know, but it's yeah, also, it's a real fact, thing, but it is about basic I, human rights. Yeah, but also you think about it like this. So they're limiting bathroom breaks, which I think is crazy. Why not then create like milestones of productivity? You have to manufacture X amount of widgets every day and, you know, in order to hit your goals or whatever. Like there's other ways to address productivity than taking away a basic human right. And I think about it like that, too, where, okay, you need to hit goals. You need to produce so many widgets. All of that, I feel like, is more realistic than saying, well, you can't use the restroom. Like to me, that's a little insane. And certainly, like, have I worked in in industries where people didn't want to be there and people would take advantage of breaks and whatnot? Well, yeah, of course. But I, there's other ways to address it than taking away use of a restroom. Absolutely. It looks like they were actually found uh, to be wrong, that they did get, uh, we're told that they needed to change this. And so, you know, at least it's something that they've been told they have to stop. However, what I will say, anyone that takes their phone into the restroom and then talks while they're in the stall, <laughs> that's that's a whole different fucking problem. And yeah. if I go to the airport one more time and I'm in the airport restroom and I hear someone in the stall talking on their cell phone, I'm going to get in trouble for dealing with that because yeah, that to me that's is a just... pet peeve of mine too. Like don't, that's, it's not a phone booth. It's a restroom. I am a huge, like that, that's, that grinds my gears. <laughs> that grinds my gears. And I'm glad that you and I could transition into that. We actually do have some things that we want to prepare for. Yes. We're really excited about some of the things that we're going to do over the next couple months. I, I think we need to solicit our listeners uh, a we little do. bit. First of all, I just want to say to my HR brothers and sisters out there, um, you can do this. I know it's been a, it's been a hard year for everyone, and we've all worked really hard and had to deal with things we never thought we'd deal with. And it's been a hard year for people in our industry. I certainly just want to tell everyone, um, you can do this. It's been tough. Uh, I feel for you. But I think that the pan- living through a pandemic, living through having to change the way we worked pretty much overnight has really shown a spotlight on a big issue that's not new and that's burnout and burnout is a huge issue for employees 
for people who during this pandemic, we've, our lives have changed so greatly and people are just burning out left and right. So I'd love to hear from other folks out there, what are some things that you're doing at your at your company or even personally to help battle burnout? I wanna hear from you. I wanna have a whole conversation about burnout and how things we can do to identify it, things we can do to avoid it, things we can do at companies to help our companies avoid it. I wanna hear from you all about burnout. I absolutely agree. When Hannah and I both suffer burnout at the same time, Hannah is constantly going. She prefers to be, you know, on the run and moving, moving, moving. And to see and hear Hannah at times, you know, battle fatigue, emotional fatigue or mental fatigue. And Hannah, I'm not trying to make you the poster person for yeah, this talk cause. About yourself. Let's talk, you know, but to see Hannah not be her 110 mile an hour self and have to slow down every once in a while or force herself to get going. And for me, the person who cannot shut the fuck up for five minutes (laughs) to stare at his phone and not want to put his headset on, want to just text versus talk because I don't want to put that energy I don't, I have to dig for it and find it to talk. And anyone that listens to this podcast has to find that pretty fucking hard to believe, but it has been the case. And it's just a matter of, we've got to help each other find the things that motivate us, inspire us. We need to share successes. We need to talk about how we've overcome obstacles. So we need to hear from our listeners. Tell us what's worked. Tell us what you tried that didn't work. Tell us what you're doing outside of work. Let's see how many times I can use the word work. But we do (laughs) want to hear from you. So please reach out to us. Shoot us an email. You can even reach out to us on one of our social media sites, whether it's Instagram, Facebook, let us know, you know, tell us what's working for you. How are you getting motivated? Tell us your successes of 2020. Let's highlight some great stories. We'll, we'll share them. We'll talk to you further. We'll reach out. We'll possibly invite you in the air on the air. I want to hear from you. We really do. Cause I think it's important. Like burnout is a very important and heavy topic. Let's get real. And you know, I want to hear what people are doing. I want to hear your thoughts on it. We can all help each other out by being a source of information, by being a source of ideas. This is one of those things where I think we need to think a little bit outside. I don't want to say outside the box, but outside of the norm, because obviously if people are burning out and it's a big issue that it is, we're doing something wrong. So what can we do that's right? All right. Well, Hannah, I am definitely (laughs) looking forward to what comes into play in 2021 as far as some of the changes we're going to make personally and professionally and with the podcast. So once again, Hannah, thank you for doing this with me. It's been a blast. I'm so excited about some of our objectives for 2021 and how we're going to include our our HR community and share positive things. Keep being Farmer Hampton, outstanding in her field. (laughs) Have a great day. Yeah, you say bye.